After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Welcome to Mind Rolling number 1008. I am David Silver along with... Raghu Marcus, 1008, what are you talking about? Well, last week was 1007. 1007? What is that? <laughs> okay. Everybody who's listening to this at this moment knows the joke here. Except you. Okay. I mean, I was just trying to say that, you know, we've only actually done about 35 or something. Right. But I thought we'd, I'd just lie and say oh, 1008. It's a well, holy number and, you know. Well, that leads me to the next question. Well, yes. That's why I said it. I get it now. But, you know, I'm going to leave this to you because you have told me that whenever we get into our little fundraising thing, mm. you think I have a very lugubrious, boring and I that's support. why no one is supporting. I mean, not no one. That's Doom not true. Filled. But, but uh, we're Doom not. Filled. Yes, Doom but mine is too, actually. But I just want to be, you know, humorous. But um, the thing is, this uh, we're doing this, and we're getting people really like listening to it and, and seem to get something out of it, and we like doing it. But we need support. We just do. I mean, it's just it's it's not free we don't it's, it's like expensive to do this kind of but just to maintain it to keep it going we need donations or we need you to go through our amazon or audible.com portals banners on mindrollingpodcast.com the website and you go to the website because the website tells you which podcast you're listening to and it shows you the archive of the previous number and also it has these two portals amazon in particular if you buy anything from Amazon, do it through that portal. It's the same thing. You, you pay the same price, whatever. We get a small percentage. It helps to support this mind-rolling podcast. Otherwise, it's going to be mind-rolling off the edge of the planet. <laughs> That's supposed to be engaging <laughs> and honest and sincere delivery. Yeah, we're gone. Of it's, we're just the history. Unless, cause it's, it, you know, time is money. No, it isn't like that. What it is is they're just certain expenses. So just to keep it going... We'd like you to go through Amazon. Well, not to mention your time, which is very expensive, because I know I hire you from time to time to do projects, and yes. you charge a lot of money, you know. I, I'm, it's going up, too. Um, <laughs> so He never so, sends, by the way, folks, Yeah. Here he's. this is David. Don't reveal anything that could get me in trouble with the NSA. Yeah. Right. Or, or anybody. He never sends a bill for his work. I have to go... Hey, can you send a? Can you please? You know, we we need to pay you before the month okay, is. Okay, no, no, I will do that. Yeah, from now on, because it's been recorded on tape. Yes, really. tape. Anyhow, what did you say? You talked about? Did you talk about Audible? No, just Audible.com is the best audiobook company. It has the most titles read by the best people, either the authors themselves or really good surrogates, and we get um, uh, money from them if you buy an Audible.com book through our banner portal on mindrollingpodcast.com so you know all that stuff but i know it's hard life is complex who's going to think about something there's like also that? you can just but donate do right what you can just send a few bucks to yes, us through the send, donate button. yes you can send any amount of money to us and it will be readily even greedily accepted <laughs> be it a dollar fifty or you know sixty two thousand dollars Dollar fifty to sixty-two thousand. Right, okay. the whole thing. That's is it. And what about you? Could get a T-shirt. By the way, you still don't have a T-shirt. Last no, I don't. time, I don't. 
and I'm a bit upset about it. Actually. Why don't you um, buy one, okay? Because I, all right, I will. But you know, I have so many t-shirts, but I don't have one of those. So, look, if you don't have that many t-shirts and you're looking for a new one, get the mind rolling one because they're nice colors and soft. And designed by um, who? Who designed them? Somebody good. Who Stick. was that? You no. Know. Who who designed the mind rolling T shirt? Yeah, the mind rolling logo. Yeah. Rachel Fisher. Of- Rachel Fisher, the famous Rachel Fisher. Yes, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can who you works, can see her works if you she's walk our assistant. the streets of Asheville. Yes. Um, which, um but yeah. uh, okay. So I think you've done what you think is yeah, a better that's, job that's the ad. than I did. Bit, yeah, it was a bit protracted, and I apologize for that. Yeah. All right. So today, listen. Which leads uh, us to what our, we want to talk about, which is what? Me. We want to talk about me. All right. The Gospel According to Me is an article that we saw. Go ahead. You were jumping all over. No, you're, you're, no. You're, that's you're, fine? Yeah, that's your, okay. yeah. Um, it's, it's just an article that appeared in the Times. You know, I, I, we've been doing this. This is our new thing in the last couple of weeks is, you know, finding these things and, they are initiating a uh, critical response from Silver and Marcus. Uh, this is actually from, um, uh, it's, it's an essay in The Stone, a philosophy series at newyorktimes.com slash opinionator. And this is by Jameson, uh, Simon Critchley and Jameson Webster. I'm going to repeat that because if they ever happen to hear that, they're going to be. Appalled. They sound like British, so you. <laughs> yeah, they, it's definitely an English thing. Simon Critchley and Jameson Webster. I don't know about Jameson; that's kind of a New England name. But anyway, it's an article that Raghu found because he reads every single thing in the New York Times, everything. <laughs> and um, this is, you know, it's tell him what you think it's about. I, I, I leave it to you. Well, you know what? Who <laughs> says it perfectly? Uh, is uh, when uh, we have a friend named Krishna Das, who many of you know, and I've sent you songs of his if you have not heard of Krishna Das. Maybe that was on the other podcast, but I will tell you, folks, if you have not heard of Krishna Das, I'm going to send you a free song, okay? Uh, Krishna Das is, uh, you know, the leading uh, kirtan singers, which means chant singers, uh which emanates from the uh, Indian bhakti yoga tradition. And he goes around the world. I mean, he's still, uh, he's touring two months, night after night through Europe and Russia. It's sweet, uh, just incredible uh, response that he gets about this. About, and, and it's being done in the right way, meaning that He's not doing to doing it to entertain anybody. He's doing it as a spiritual practice, which it is. It's like a meditation. So when he explains this meditation as you know what chanting is, basically, um, I th- you know sometimes he starts with this funny little bit, which is about you wake up in the morning and the song, the gospel of me, starts. In that exact second, I gotta get up. I gotta go. I gotta take a shit. I gotta go brush my teeth. I gotta go to the <clears throat> get something to eat before I go to work. Oh, work! Oh God, there's just one problem after another at work, and oh, I'm gonna leave my girlfriend, wife is was mad at me. That it just goes on and on and on, and it's just absolutely about me so this guy wrote an article and uh the interesting thing about it is he is like uh pointing to many of the different absurdities around the booming self-help industry and uh he talks about the cash cow of new age spirituality and they have one message be authentic and uh, be authentic. That's the message. So uh, basically, uh, we want to run through some of the things he's saying because they certainly jive with everything we have encountered. Uh, so, Dave, go. You shoot. You well, start with this. I just let's quote a bit from him. Then, you know, he says, "Well, 
it says, unlike the conversions that transfigure the born-again's experience of the world in a lightning strike, this one occurred in stages. A post-war existentialist philosophy of personal liberation and, quote, becoming who you are, fed into a 1960s counterculture that mutated into the most selfish conformism, disguising acquisitiveness under a patina of personal growth, mindfulness, and compassion. Traditional forms of morality that required extensive social cooperation in relation to a hard reality defined by scarcity have largely collapsed and been replaced with this new age therapeutic culture of well-being that does not require obedience or even faith and certainly not feelings of guilt. So basically, he's, I, Raghur, I guess he's saying that a certain segment of the consciousness culture is selfish because they just want to improve themselves and make their lives best as possible, which is not what it's about. And he's saying the industry is, is ultimately hypocritical, at least at this point in the article, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. That um, it seems archetypically American. You know, this whole thing of, um, I mean, it's everywhere and everywhere. I mean, there's so many different proponents of it. Uh, but, you know, certainly the, the um, what's wrong? Okay, I'm going to ask you because you're, you're pointing at me. I mean, well, I'm, I'm getting, looking at him now in a Skype session, okay? I'm getting tremendous, like, feedback sh like, stormy sounding static. Okay, well, you should turn your volume way down. I, di I did. Oh, well, who knows? You know, Dave and technology issues. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but this thing, um, y you know, we used to, I I've said this before, uh, we used to get jived in the earliest days of coming back from India, and uh, this is, again, it's a repeat of a story, but we, were, we w would go see Trungpa Rinpoche, the great Tibetan Lama, and he would jive us and say we were all light and lovers. We were Hindi light and lovers. And in fact, in the, <laughs> it's funny because... In the, in this article, he talks about, I don't know where I can find it, but he talks about, yeah, you just get off there and you're worshiping Indian goddesses and then suddenly, you know, it's all going to be just fine for you. You know, just, and that's what Trump was talking about. Just the exoticness of it is, is a way to assuage, you know, our day-to-day, -day, um, uh, you know, irregular thinking. Where we yeah. just absolutely day to day, you know, we're living in a, another. The reality is based on subjectivity. We are sub. We are subject, and that's why you know the gospel according to me, because everything that's happening and everything that we're encountering is this irregular thinking because it is completely subject subjective. It has nothing to do with with reality, and that's what Trungpa was saying to us. You are. You know, which obviously we were uh, aware enough to kind of understand what he was saying. And he would say things, you know, about being real and being here on the planet, not off into some astral journey through worshiping gods and goddesses. And, and the same thing in Tibetan culture. But he, yeah. was, but he was giving us, you know, the idea that we would be saved, that we took our Christian Judaic ideas about getting saved and we just transported them to India to be used in that, um, you know, quote unquote, spiritual No, I, I got it. But I mean, this guy, I mean, just to get back to that, you were saying Trump just said, you know, take off the decorations and all the self-cherishing enjoyment exactly. components of all this, whatever you're doing right now. And doing um, it from the me place where you're, right, you're right. you know, that's what this guy's writing about. I mean, sometimes when you read articles like this, you know that they basically are hostile to spiritual practices. Some people who write like this, you know, mm -hmm. they seem to, it seems to be suggesting that it's a selfish pursuit rather than the, the absolute opposite, a selfless pursuit. But this guy is not coming from that place, actually. He's just, you know, he's kind of deconstructing the whole thing. Yeah. And, and a couple of things he says... He says, the past 30 years or so has ushered in an informalization of the workplace 
where the distinction between work and non-work is harder and harder to draw. Uh, okay, so you say on Google and that whole thing has made it so that um, uh, everything is just hunky-dory. We're happy at work, we're happy at home, we're happy, happy campers. And, you know, if, if it was an Aldous Huxley book, we'd be taking a drug called Soma, you know, right. in, in that book. And, and, but the truth is that a lot of people do go through that stage. But because when they're getting into various spiritual practices, they encounter other people who are not at that stage, they do stand a beautiful chance of growing into a more, you know, daily-based, substantial spiritual life. And so this is all true about the me, 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 me deal. And what, you know, what KD talks about, that movie of me that we're about to step into every morning. Um, but, and he's saying the, the irony here is to get away from the me, me, me type of generation. You, it went into worse me, 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 me. It was a cherishing of, of your ego and your comfort zone. And the best way to do it was to meditate or to do this or to, to get into something and then you'd feel better about the world. Well, that's part of it. But um, I guess that right now, what about right now? I mean, in, in, you know, the second decade of the 21st century, uh, are a lot of people kidding themselves? And how do they stop being kidded? Well, they listen to this podcast and we, we take shots of various aspects of spiritual practice, not denying the, the need to have some spiritual practice, you know, something, you know what? something that gets you through the night, you know, yeah. that makes you understand the universe somewhat, a bit. You know what's... Um, I take that back, by the way. I don't understand the universe at all, but that's the whole point. I'm willing to go with it because I know that it's perfect. You're going to so, go with the mystery. I w no, not so much mystery as much as trust, I guess. That mm. it's, uh, you know, I watch my bonsai tree, and if I'm here, it grows bigger and, and sweeter and juicier. And if I leave it and don't water it for a bit, it gets all weird and, and tired. And it's That's just, not a like, good experiment, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it's not an experiment. It just happens it's, in a busy life. This is scientific credentials here. That's about At it least water the thing and then see. No, I water. I do. I do. I'm very kind. Right. I sing to it. I'm like, you know, right. I do. One of the but, things here, though, that's really the toughest part of that rings the truest of yeah. this whole piece for me. At the heart of the ethic of authenticity is a profound selfishness and callous disregard of others. That, of course, holds true across every potential, you know, um, field of humans uh, related to interest in spirituality, being spirit spiritually inclined, following a path, or not. The 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 profound uh, disregard that's a, an outcome of selfish selfishness is really that's probably the biggest deal because that is you know it's absolutely the roots that are taking place uh, around the world and uh, to create this conflict is in this complete uh, you know disregard for others based on selfishness so it seems to me that that you're right if p people find whatever practices might better their lives where they become supposedly happier they become better at what they do that maybe they become better at their relationships you know do i personally think there's a little thing there and i go back to trumpa that's not acknowledging reality you know which is one of the reasons why he acted out all sorts of really shadowy stuff from alcohol to sex to gambling i mean and his students you know they followed and they then had to deal with these you know with the most intense intense demons so i i kind of subscribe to that more than i do to you know but should these people you know anybody and we've all gone through it it's not there's not an us on on them around this when when i know that when i first started getting into this i had what i like to call irregular thinking uh, you know i was i was absolutely taken up by the you know the pizzazz of sudden exoticness that you've encountered and new ideas you know that can change and 
I was a proselytizer, you know. I was I was on the radio and I was blasting out Ramdas like, "You need this, folks," and I, you know, and it's making me feel good to get it out there to you, you know, that kind of thing. So, I um, this is an us. There's no us in them. But by virtue of your comments, that we, that people absolutely, it, it's we go back actually to uh, another episode we did, and it was around meditation. And we talked about how yoga is, is ubiquitous in this country and people doing it for all the wrong reasons, but ending up some little thing strikes, a note, you know, a, uh, a posture that's done absolutely correctly. So, and, and then something else takes place that's more grounded. Yeah. I mean, and well, this so guy that is, is true as well. No, but, that's true too. But this is a parallel reality, which is all, you know, it's all part of what's, how the world is manifesting itself at this time. I mean, have this vision of a beautiful, beautiful yoga room in a very acceptable part of cultural Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and there are 30 people there, and 24 of them are hedge fund owners. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not actually based on any kind of truth, but I think that's what he's or getting reality. at. saying that you meet a lot of people who are really good people, actually, and, you know, but they do things that are maybe harmful to the planet, then they do them better because they do yoga and Pilates and all the rest of this stuff so but that's the risk you take it's a free country you know it's a we we have some form of free will these people get into it and they do encounter a lot of them you know even if it's just in the yoga session they're hearing krishnadas or or jayotal or or somebody you know and they ask oh i I love that music what is that music and you know and they get the cd and they listen to it and they they become part of of some kind of kirtan community which changes their lives so i do believe in growth and I do believe that it's a good thing. But the, I, the, the, what he said, when he says, at the heart of the ethic of authenticity is a profound selfishness and callous disregard of others, he's, he's saying that that is the ultimate hypocrisy. And it occurs in a weird society like the one we live in, which is you know, governed by um, consumer advertising and, and corrupt politics. Mm. You know, I mean, uh, hell. So people are competing they want to learn how to compete better, so they'll become vegan. They'll become vegans and do a lot of Bikram yoga and do a lot of this and a lot of that. And, and they just get really good at what they're doing because they're relaxed while they're doing their, their damage. Yeah. <laughs> but let's not be judgmental, you know. Um, as you said before, we all go through stages of whatever form of... But at the same time, whatever. I think, you know, yeah. and this, this, this person who wrote this is, you know, it's fairly cynical thing here you know he's yeah, not because he didn't offer any solutions or anything he's just stating that you know these people are all sucked so um here just a little further here a naive belief in authenticity eventually gives way to deep cynicism a conviction in personal success that must always hold failure at bay becomes a corrupt stubbornness that insists on success at any cost, you know, and that's the American credo there, right? Mm-hmm. Successful at everything, including becoming uh, more authentic. Um, well, then that... Wait, I mean, wait, that, I'm not finished. Okay. I got to finish this, because cynicism in this mode is not the expression of a critical stance towards authenticity, but is rather the runoff of this failure of belief. Now, that's kind of interesting. Failure of belief. The self-help industry itself runs the, ca- the gamut in both directions. From the power of now, Eckhart Tolle, which teaches you the power of meditative self-sufficiency. And I think that that is, well, I'll talk about that in a sec. I don't believe that that is couched at all what that book is. To the rules which teaches a woman how to land a man by pretending to be self-sufficient. Profit rules the day, inside and out. I mean, you know, he's, he's pretty gone on this stuff. But uh, you, were gonna, you wanted to say something? I'm so sorry I interrupted you. No, no, I mean, that's, that's pretty much Because I just wanted to finish this. Thing. I mean, I, I, I also think it's really interesting that the cynicism comes from a false belief system to begin with, which is somehow betrayed, and then it's all, it's all nihilism. And therefore, you can do anything you want and just get really good at it. I mean, yeah. there are these sick novelists like Bret Easton Ellis, these guys yeah, who write yeah. these novels right. about American right. psychos and killers. 
that's symbolic for a kind of dark indulgence while becoming incredibly fit. So instead of like in the 60s, people would die from drug overdoses while trying to read Yogananda or something, you know, <laughs> now people don't do that. They don't, you know, they might, do, they might sniff a little stuff occasionally just to get them through the night to work. But they're kind of fit and they, they lead kind of balanced lives. Um, I, you know, it's hard because the, the, the hypocrisy and, and, and inauthenticity is not what we want in our lives. It, it, it hurts us. So these people want to say, well, I have personal power. And it does come out of the 60s when, you know, righteous civil rights movements from minorities and women and gays, you know, were based on the idea of, of we must e achieve complete equality on all planes of existence. And I am here. I am woman. Mm. You know, and that's, that would, that would, nobody objected to that because it was sort of necessary in order to rebalance right. a really upset society that was full of, you know, racial hatred and, and, you know, all of that. But I think what this writer is sort of suggesting is that that's mutated into uh, a much more selfish pursuit discipline mm. whereby people, you know, get into gyms a lot. Now, I just didn't want to say bad because once I was, I went to a gym for two and a half years. I actually went to one and I gained a lot from it, from the person who was teaching, you know, it was, it was great. But it had nothing to do with spirituality except that of the idea of the temple of the body, you know. Um, so I don't want to put down people who go to gyms and people who work at Wall Street because that's bullshit too. No, it, is. it means nothing. It, it, it means, means nothing, nothing, right. Yeah, um, but it, it's, it's interesting that these mutations happen and, and you know, you've got to watch out for it and say, well, that's not, my, that's, that's not my path. My path is an inner path or whatever. It's not the pursuit of power hmm. over you know, people. I have... Uh, an interesting story to tell you, Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because at in a certain situation, I was very much representing what this these both those two of them gentlemen are uh, talking about or point of view, their vantage point. I was in the same vantage point, and it was about Eckhart Tolle. Okay. I mean, mm -hmm. this is a bit inside, but. Um, Ramdas, as you know, I represent in my other life uh, with the Love Server Member Foundation. Uh, we were uh, going to do a uh, an afternoon workshop, meaning Ramdas was going to do it with Eckhart Tolle. That was my idea. Remember? That was that was your. It was idea. my idea. So we thought it was cool, really. What? We both you agree. We I read the book. No, I mean the book. Was no, very, no, that's very cool. after the fact. No, when I was, in fact, I was with Ramdas. He had agreed to do it. Yeah, he, he had read you know one of the books and he agreed to do it, and so it was all arranged. And I was in you know with him in Hawaii, and I we were talking. What could this man be like coming from Europe? and, you know, completely different culture, and we had both seen him on tell. I actually had seen him in a, in a public lecture, and I did not get at all, and I had a get him at all. Uh, I didn't think that he was the greatest of speakers, and, you know, whatever. It just didn't come across. It could have been the type of thing it was, which was around uh, media and awareness, something like that. So, and Ramdas was kind of agreeing with me, and we were like, okay, well, he's coming over for lunch to get to, because they had never met before. So we were, he and I and a few other people were going to meet with him. And, and we had all of these kinds, just like what's in this thing, self-help, new agey guy, you know, he copied Ramdas, the power of now, from be here now, oh, Jesus. But, you know, he seems to be okay, you know, and, Ramdas had agreed, and he's of course, of course, we were not we meaning we Ramdas because Ramdas couldn't care less. But I, having tremendous self interest involved here, yes, let's get you together with with Eckhart, and God knows he he has the biggest uh, you know self help spiritual audience in the world, ahead of the Dalai Lama. Okay, according to some British magazine that gave a whole listing of the you know the most uh, influential spiritual leaders. Anyhow, 
we had a lot of preconceived notions about him, okay? And uh, so he came, and one of the people that was there in the room as he walked in was one of Ramdas's uh, assistants, you know, regarding his uh, paralyzation in terms of helping with wheelchairs and stuff like that, right? A secondary young guy was in his, like, you know, I mean, he was early 20s, a very obsequious, wonderful guy. Was he obsequious? What do you mean? No. Ramdas's assistant was just yeah, this kind he, of shy said, little obsequious. You said guy. obsequious, though. I don't think you mean that. No? No. What does obsequious mean? It means fawning on people and really you know, being like Uriah Heep. Oh, and what really? I, do I thought it means just being shy and quiet. Okay. No, just, just well, trust you me. Know, it does not mean shy and quiet. It's really pejorative. And that this... person would hear this and think, well, I'm not. I'm okay, saying, right. No, it was Ken. Sorry, Sorry about that. that. I, I didn't mean it. it. But I had to Anyhow, I meant that he was shy and just standing there right, against right. the wall. And, you know, all us were there waiting. And Ramdas is, you know, waiting. And he walks in the room. Who's the first person Eckhart goes over to to say hello in, in a completely connective and genuine way? Was Ken. Yeah. Who was just standing? He happened to be one of the, you know, he was on. He was trying to hide actually, and Eckhart yeah. went over, and then he greeted every person in the most present manner. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was absolutely lovely, and he, and his primary interest is is around love. It took Ramdas to get that out of him in terms of he doesn't. He's he's not into uh, giving people. Uh, anything um you know in in terms of heart presence but he is a heart presence and you know he wants to talk to people on the level of how do you deal with that mind of yours you know to get it away from you know to stop this monkey mind stuff you know and uh so it's power of now how to be present and all of that anyhow he turned out to be the exact opposite of what it was, you know, and I have to say, it was not just me. It was Ramdas too. He had preconceived notions too until we met him. I and, have to interrupt this now yeah. with a commercial. Um, I really? never read Eckhart Tolle, but someone bought me as a birthday present an Audible.com audiobook of Power of Now, and uh, you can go to the Audible.com banner on our website, mindrollingpodcast.com purchase a book or get a free one actually for a month to find out they give you a free book any book and then every time after that uh, we get something for what you do so do that however so i had this power of now thing for a month or two and did not pay any attention to it and then decided to use it to go to sleep because i use anything to try and go to sleep <laughs> well this this will help you know so then it's so funny because i really think that his words are very powerful and, and clear he's like a Teutonic clear teacher, really something. Yeah. But I had to get over the fact that he speaks like this. Everything is spoken in this oh, you very had accent. You like had the this. audible uh, yes, version. That's what I just said. Yes. Oh, that's why I did that. Not listening very carefully. Sorry. Yeah, yes, obviously. <laughs> um, but anyway, the fact of the matter is, I, I I couldn't get over this accent, and we used to smile about it because we thought it was kind of like Saturday Night Live a little bit. You know, because he was talking about now you must sit in the room and really feel your toes, you know. And so I, it, no, and so, but after a night or two, I found two things. Really? One is that I really liked him. So it does relate to what you're saying. I liked his, his real um, presence. Just he was really communicating. And um, he helped put me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously. Oh, recommendation like of chapter. Eckhart. There'd be a chapter, but then when I'd look at it in the morning, you know, I'd have been on all night, kind of. But, but I'd hear him talking. Yeah, he was great. He's, he's great. Look, no, no, he, is he there was, anything he says that doesn't help people somehow no, exactly. get out of something? He's exactly. good, you know. And, uh, yeah, you know? I mean, and there are lesser people than him that are absolutely doing these things that are exactly from this article where they're saying, if you do this stuff and you get more straight with yourself and become your more authentic self, you will get richer, you will get girls, and you will get power. So, you know, that that's all in there. But in the case, we tell you Eckhart Tolle is an absolute great teacher, and these books are great, and they are a yeah. wonderful way to get leverage over that, what I call, irregular brain that we have. Um, I want to say something, though. This is going to be a first, okay? Because mm. you... I haven't mentioned this to you, mm. but uh, 
what's Ramdas's new book just came out. I have it. Polishing the mirror: How to live from your spiritual heart. So we're we're doing an ad that has nothing to do with us, although it has to do with me and my other job. Anyhow, but that's not why I'm mentioning it. Oh no, I just got it in the mail. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm Beautiful. mentioning it Beautiful. because it's not available on Audible.com. Okay, this is an ad. This is. A bizarro ad. You know, like Bizarro Superman, you know, he'd do everything opposite of what he was supposed to do. I love those comics way yeah, better, the, the actually. Best. Yeah, yeah. Bizarro. This is Bizarro ad. He is not on. Why is he not? Because our publisher doesn't seem to do that, but they gave us the rights, David. Okay? Oh. We have the rights. I have it in my to do list to say to them, hey, we want to get this thing read. Yeah. Okay? And we want it on audible.com. So mindrollingpodcast.com can benefit. Guess who's going to read this? Uh, well, I would say you, but I know you wouldn't ask that question if it were you. Exactly. So, so I don't know. Maybe, um, is, 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 it a, is it a man or a woman? Man. Okay. Uh, all right, this is taking too long. You. It is. I have no idea. Deepak Chopra. I don't you. Know. Who's that? A Chinese person? <laughs> you? <laughs> Me? Yes. Isn't this a great idea? Oh, Why would, don't you read I would, this? Oh, boy, would I kill to do that. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to do that. The book, I mean, and I just started it. It doesn't matter. All the books are equally great. No, uh, oh, the, yeah. other, the other ones yeah. are on Audible. Uh, I think a lot of Ram Dass's books are on Audible. Yeah, we should just do it. We can do it. In just fact, it. yeah, you can do a whole series of them. And yeah. uh, Yes. And I'll definitely do but that one. What a, that's, that is such an honor. I just like, yeah, thank you. I'll yeah. do that so yeah. readily. I'll do it I like mean, we're, now. We're doing a, a business <laughs> deal, folks, you know, on, on, on the, the air, podcast. Yeah. But in reality, I just did think of it while we were doing it. So... Also, uh, yes, you know, just having shown the book to two people, just shown it, the cover of the book, I know this sounds really asinine, but you know, a book by great, great, great people like Ram Dass, you know, sometimes have weird covers for some reason. They just don't fit or whatever. Or they're just normal. This cover is a mirror. It's a mirror. And you do yeah. get an image of yourself. You know, I know. If you look at it. It's not a real, it's not like a mirror, you know, in HD. No, but, but you can see of, yourself totally clearly. What do you, incredible. you can't it's, fix your hair, maybe. No, I tried. No, but it's polishing the mirror. You know, you realize, and I, yesterday I dropped it and you near know, some food and a little grease got on it and I polished it. I was so, you know, avid about getting rid of the grease. Oh, so I actually God polished sake. that you mirror polished on the cover. The cover. Oh, okay, that's a new way to polish the mirror. Anyway, the mind. first, the, just, uh, the book is, is very, imp very useful because it's kind of a quintessential, it's like quintessential round us. You know, By the way, go to you can go on this case. Uh, of course, go to Amazon and, uh, as David says, and you can get the book there. And you can go through uh, mindrollingpodcast.com and and go through the link that's uh, part of that um, uh, on the front page. Uh, so I found Dave. I found I found what I was wanting to quote from this article because I love this authenticity. Is, it is the dominant contemporary expression. In a seemingly meaningless, inauthentic world, awash in nonstop news reports of war, violence, and inequality, we close our eyes and turn ourselves into islands. We may even say a little prayer to an obscure but benign Eastern goddess and feel some weak spiritual energy connecting everything as we listen to some tastefully selective ambient New Age music. I put the New Age in there. Yeah, you did. You all think what he said. <laughs> He's going to be upset. Oh, God. That, I thought that well, for you the know, worst you, image. You I say this shit, too. That's the problem. I, I'm identifying with this guy. I talk about all the kirtan music that I see and hear out there, and I'm, I know I'm terrible and all I, um, but I, I, I've said the same damn thing, you know. And well, you know, it's, it's a Facebook syndrome too, you know, that a, a good majority of the people who I have virtual friends, you know, or real friends on Facebook, you know, a lot of them do put spiritual pithy stuff up there all the time. And the honest thing is, you can always tell how honest you are being about the internet is by how you scroll. 
of how fast you scroll and what you scroll through always, even though you sort of don't want to. Sometimes you do because you kind of know what's going to come at you. And a lot of that is actually very wise stuff from Lao Tse, from the Tao, mm. from Buddha, from, you know... It's I the way know. it's presented. It's just, when it's, it's just presented in that way, where it's, it's just this feed, that it's just fodder for a feed, and there's so much of it going by, it can't have any power. The thing you know? is, so you still, it gets back to the old dilemma. Again, that there are people who get a great deal from it, and part of the problem for when you've been at least somewhat involved in a practice of realization of some kind is that after a while you don't want diluted versions of it. You just want it. So when people are showing it to try and help others get it, you can't be like snotty about it because it, some people will get it Absolutely from Absolutely right. You know, you I'll are just kind, give you a little example. I'm going to give you this example, Roger. It's really befitting. Uh, when I was uh, away from here for a couple of weeks on Martha's Vineyard, I met someone um, uh, and got to know her through the people I was staying with. And she was a young woman. She's, uh, I don't know how old, 24 or something. And a, a vocalist, a singer. And while I was there, she got the power of now. I didn't say anything about it, but I saw that she was reading it. And at one point, she asked me, have you ever heard of this book? This Eckhart Tolle book. And I said, yeah, I, I have. I, I heard it. I actually literally heard it on an audio book. And she said, do you like it? I said, yeah. She said, well, I don't know how to tell you this, but I just have this feeling of real clearness right now. And I feel really good. And, you know, I was going to go with my friends to the beach, a bunch of young folks, and just did that's not what she said, but I knew who they were. I'm just going to go with them to the beach, but I'm not going now. I just want to be on my own with this book for the next six to eight hours, and then again tomorrow. Hmm. And that's a real thing that just happened to me. And hmm. she's a very sharp woman and very intelligent and everything. Young. But I didn't see that side of her until she, I saw her reading... Eckhart Tolle's book. How old so, is she? Is she younger? Are you saying? Yeah, she's you know she's young. She's uh, I don't know exactly. I would say 23, okay, 24. twenties, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah young. Yeah, oh, but very that's on the verge of all kinds of realizations. And that book kind of pushed her off in an authentic way because she didn't know I knew anything or cared anything about Eckhart Tolle. She just started talking authentically about what she was feeling at that moment about this book being so important to her. It was yeah. kind of moving actually. No, oh, that's. Actually, that's amazing. And by the way, if you're listening, Kristen, I send a shout out to you. Mm. You may well be listening because I know you listen to the podcast. So I hope you're having a wonderful August. Um, I think that we, you know, you have continually pushed back this whole podcast about uh, push back the cynicism. Yeah, which, which is really pretty prevalent in in this article and in. And, uh, you know, and as I've said in more, at least twice in the last few minutes, I have been very much part of that cynical um, kind of outlook regarding, you know, self-help movement, the yoga move. You know, I, I must be representing, you know, some of the cynics out there uh, when indeed I know full well the truth of the power of any of these statements uh the power of of the of the goddess in India, um, and uh, and 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 it's all true. I didn't know that when I first heard of it. I had no idea, and it was just an exotic um, dalliance, really, in that moment. But at the same time, it wasn't all that because I sincerely wanted to get out of the prison of what was going on in, you know, in, in my life and in you my did. mind. And I you, did. I at did. least, you know, yeah. You know. I, I mean, I, Simon Crutchley or whoever this gentleman is, maybe not that sort of person, you know, he's an academic who writes about Shakespeare. I notice, um, you know, in, in other words, I don't know anything about him, but he may not, he may be in another kind of trap. Who knows? I mean, he's criticizing and saying, a lot of this stuff is really bullshit and, and it's really dangerous because it's, it, it's creating a selfish, Right. An even more selfish uh, mentality within society, uh, so and that may well be true. But all I'm saying, really, and I'm pretty cynical and, and horrible about a lot of New Age stuff, as you very well know. Um, but the other, I guess, the other, the other side of it is just that I have actually witnessed so many times in the last ten, fifteen, twenty years, even you know, younger people than myself who came to 
all kinds of paths that they wouldn't have, or a path that they certainly wouldn't have come to if it weren't for one of these more pop sort of catalysts like Wayne or Dyer or, or, right. or um, you know, Tony Robbins. You know, I mean, you can say what you want about it. If somebody seen, saw Tony Robbins on Pierce Morgan or Larry King or something for an hour and then suddenly went, you know, that guy's really, he's, I, he's got, I agree with, I'm going to do that. I mean, I, I don't think it's naive to say that that happens a lot. And mm. so one has to be somewhat deferential. Does, uh, Wayne is on Home Shop. Uh, no, no, he, yeah, he's on Home Shopping too. But he does those PBS specials that reach, you know, millions of people. Yeah, I saw and he it, raises I more it. money for them than any anybody. Yeah. And so a lot of people are obviously, you know, going there. I mean, we, you know, absolutely. Uh, and, and you're, you know, you're right. You keep hammering on. Can you say something negative? You've been so positive yeah. this whole yeah, um, podcast. It is, it's like, I, I feel like the black sheep over here and it, you're like the white goodies. It's a, it's a strain. I mean, I, I would say that I, I'm even quite happy with the behavior of Pope Francis. Oh, um, God. Who, who last week... Uh, said that he, to quote him, that he was in no position to judge gays as priests. And that's the first time uh, the pontiff or head of this gigantic church has ever said anything even remotely compassionate about um, uh, gay people and gay rights. And so when he said that, I realized that since he came in this guy, he said quite a few things and done a few things that suggest that maybe he understands that being pope ain't that important. But what's important is what he can kind of say. So I'm saying a positive thing about the Catholic religion to make it even worse. Uh, you know, and I could say such negative things about Catholicism if I wanted to. So I guess I'm just, I've become one of them. I've been infected with it. I've been, I've been implanted with the new age mode. You're and, part of and the I, light and love crew now. <laughs> yes. Isn't that yeah. nice? Okay. Well, the thing is, the thing is that uh, anybody listening to this, uh, by this point, who might have heard a few more other podcasts, understands that we're the Raghu made up this name mind rolling, and I won't go into the whole Tibetan side of that because we've done it. But to suggest that there's a way of rolling out of certain uh, routines, you know, that we suffer from irregularities. Yeah, irregularities, and sometimes you have to be shocked out of them, and sometimes you graduate from them somehow by some kind of practice. So, I mean, that's what a lot of these podcasts are about: are trying to be. Uh, discriminating. What's the word, um, Raghu? I've forgotten it. the Sanskrit word for Viveka. Viveka, yeah. Nice. Viveka. And so uh, to be discriminating between, not with other people, but with yourself. I mean, you could discriminate between a, a, a bad teacher and a good one, but can you discriminate between the judgmental part of yourself and the denial part of yourself and the pretentious and insecure, you know, and try and handle that? Yeah. Uh, that's a whole different universe. It's the one to go for, I think. I don't know why. This is rambling time. Rambling. You're um, the one. I haven't done anything. I was just, I was trying to get you. You've been positive this whole podcast all right, well, about everything, and it's not your nature. And I'm the one who's been, you know, and now you even go on about the Pope. It's just like. Well, all right. Well, I, I, I just, is I there any example of you being completely um, a cynical around any of these? You know. I'm not a big fan, not a big fan of of Prime Minister Berlusconi. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought you would be a giant fan of his those parties that he <laughs> no, had that you'd no. want to be at. No, no, I think it's I think he he has been <laughs> acting in a uh, irregular manner. Um, you know, <laughs> another irregular. Robert Mugabe is uh, another one that I don't oh, want God. to like hang with. What do you do about these? Thank goodness there's no people like that in our personal lives, or not many of them. Uh, the people you have to really deal with are your friends and your and your uh, family. Thank God, and not with dictators. Um, well, I <laughs> so do you think? Um, so uh, we've done ads. We've done that thing about uh, Dave wants to get off. All right, I think no, yeah, I don't he I wants just, to get off now. I can tell. I'm how looking long, at him too. You know, so I can see that he's motioning weird shit to me. No, uh, I, I'll look. I'll read something out. No, no, get back. You know what? You gave me some nice cynicism. You know, albeit around like two of the like worst human <laughs> beings in the world, Berlusconi and Mugabe. Although yeah. Berlusconi, do I don't think, is a bad human being. He's just a sex addict or something, and a liar and an embezzler. Other than that, he's fine. Yeah, that was some, that's some of the more attractive traits <laughs> that he has. 
Okay, all right. How long, we, how long have we been going on this podcast? We don't time things. I want to know, just from the sake of if it's only I don't know. It's about an hour. Oh, oh people are already... Oh, no, it's left. not an hour. It's, it's less than an hour. What can I tell you? you? Do you have... Have you promised anybody you'd be exactly 60 minutes with this thing? I don't I think don't, so. No. All right. I mean, we, were, we had something else uh, uh, that uh, I had in mind. It's called uh, another thing that I found in the Times. It's called, I Know What You Think Of... Of course, oh, yeah. we make fun of people we love behind their backs. Talk about, yeah, gossip. We could do a whole podcast just yeah, on I that. Yeah, I think we should. I and think we, we should, should probably it. save it. I think we it, should save it for you and talk about I'll give gossip. You a le- I'll give you gossip. a le- Yes, but I'll give you a, a lead into that. Um, and we can end on this little story. When I was in India, all of us little guys, you know, 20-year-old guys and gals uh, that had come and followed Ramdas to meet Maharaji. So after a while, we were there, and, you know, there was no organized anything, nor did he particularly talk about spirit. He did not give talks. He didn't talk about spirituality. We weren't doing yoga, meditation. We had a somewhat mild interest in the beginning around music. You know, Krishnadas was was into music, and I was into music, and Jai Utah, of course, was an accomplished musician even then. And uh, so chant was, you know, okay, we were kind of interested in that. Uh, but mostly we were interested in just hanging out, drinking a lot of tea, getting fed hun- enormous amounts of food, uh, sleeping a lot, so, um, you know, and smoking beedi. So Maharaji said, these people are useless. This is their <laughs> yoga, the five-limb <laughs> yoga, eating, sleeping, wandering aimlessly about, smoking and gossiping. That was us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the gossiping part we can talk about next time. That's great. Well, it's been fun again, David. Okay. So um, let's remember to everybody, uh, David, uh, did you put up another blog? David's writing these incredible blogs. No, no, the last blog I put up was about anger, but I'm planning to put up another one like in the next few hours, actually. But I I can't find my notes. (laughs) I'll do it. I'm sorry. But Don't I'll admit to the. I'm, I'm sorry. It's there here. It's just they're here somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, go to mindrollingpodcast.com because we also have extras up. We've got we've cut up uh, certain the funniest bits in any of our podcasts. David puts them up, and they're good to. little sound bites. Trying to. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, depending will, on you. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm really messing up on that particular quarter. But you know, I'll do. I'll, I'm, right. I'm doing it. No, he's right. trying his hardest, and and just believe that we are trying our hardest. So we appreciate your support. This is mindrollingpodcast.com. Bye, bye, Dave. Bye, Rogo.